We've got children. Brother Wally's in the back. Uh, Miss Teresa's in the back. Uh, children can be dismissed to Children's Church. They've enjoyed this, and then they will we'll send word when we're about done. So children can be dismissed to Children's Church for what they are doing. Mark 15, 15. We'll be reading there in just a moment. Uh, I read an article this week and thinking about us sharing Thanksgiving dinner together. The, the article was about Sonia Thomas. Anybody ever heard of Sonia Thomas? Uh, Sonia Thomas, a.k.a. the Black Widow. She's, this is from Buffalo, New York. The Black Widow of Eating Contest scarfed down 183 chicken wings in 12 minutes to break her own world record set last year in Buffalo, New York. Sonia took home the first place Sunday at the 10th Annual Buffalo Wings Festival, beating the eating marvel Joey the Claws Chestnut, who came in second with 174 wings. The 100-pound Thomas, that was before she ate 183 wings, the 100-pound Thomas of Alexandria, Virginia, is the reigning wing champion, eating champion. The year before, she downed 181 wings to win the 210 contest. She is called the Black Widow because she often beats male competitors in eating contests. Now, nobody's going to be eating like this in our dinner here in just a few minutes we're going to be having Unless we have chicken, except maybe Billy Reader. Now, nobody needs chicken like Billy, but we're going to have uh, some great food. Y'all can take it slow. You don't have to eat it in 12 minutes. There's no Titans game. Uh, nothing else is going on. We can enjoy one another's company. You don't have to be like Sonia. You can just enjoy what we are doing. I want you to look to Mark 15, verse 15. You've been sitting a minute, so let's stand as I read one verse. Stand with me. You'll stretch out because I'm going to make you sit down again for a few minutes, okay? Matthew 15, Mark 15, verse 15. We're just going to read one verse, then we'll jump right in. This is as Jesus has been before Pilate. Pilate has dealt with him and is now dealing with the people, the Jews, trying to deal with this mob. And this is verse 15. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them, and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Notice the last part again. Pilate delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Let's pray. Father, we pray your blessings on your word today. Thank you for all that we've already heard and felt in this service. Thank you for Brother Doug being with us. And Lord, the spirit of your your anointing of your spirit on him. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to be together. But during these next few minutes, Lord, I pray that you might be honored. Lord, I pray that you might give me just the right words and to speak, that hearts might be challenged, that we might leave here different than when we came. We give this service to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. What I am most thankful for. What I am most thankful for. 
Uh, I'm sure this time of the year at Thanksgiving and here in the next few days, when you gather with family or friends or whoever you get with, at some point, you might hear someone utter the words, what they are thankful for. Or maybe even say what they are most thankful for. And I do trust that your Thanksgiving will be more than eating and football watching. It will be a time to truly say thank you, Lord. A time to share, a time to pray, a time to enjoy what God has blessed us with, His blessings, as we count our many blessings and name them one by one. And I do say from time to time, and it's true, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. For many, many years, for some 24, 20 some odd years, I lived away from home. We came home every Thanksgiving. My wife and the kids, we'd come home, we'd go to my mom and dad's for Thanksgiving lunch, we'd go to her mom and dad's for Thanksgiving supper every year. We'd come in, go one, one Thanksgiving, another Thanksgiving, and I'd, I was gone all day. Reason, I love Thanksgiving, number one, because it's so important. Christians need to be thankful. Number two, I think it's the less commercialized probably of any of any holiday right now. I mean, let's hope that doesn't change. But number three, I don't have to go to anywhere anymore. I invite everybody to my house on both sides of the family. My wife's side, my side, everybody's welcome to come and we eat and I don't have to go anywhere. I can just be at home and enjoy the blessings of being home. I love this season of the year, Thanksgiving. And and honestly, there are some things today I'm, I'm very, very thankful for. I am thankful for my family. I am so thankful for my mom and dad. And I, I could be like, I'll get like Doug in a second if I get talking about my mom and dad. But my mom and dad loved me, took me to church, were concerned about my spiritual condition. Uh, my mom and dad lived for the Lord. I I don't know that I've ever, ever, ever heard a foul word or anything bad out of their mouths. They, they love the Lord. They've lived for the Lord. It's something I've witnessed my whole life as I was around my parents. I, uh, just those type of people. I'm thankful being raised in a Christian home. Thankful for their concern and, and how they love me. I'm thankful for my present family. Thankful for my wife. Thankful for... Her, when, see, we were engaged, I wasn't called to preach. I answered a call to preach after we were engaged and before we were married, but uh, she has been a wonderful pastor's wife all these years, and she loves the Lord, and many of you have heard me say it, she's the best Christian I know, and I live with her, and I know how she loves the Lord, and, and she loves her children, and she loves people at church, and the truth is, if y'all probably don't already know this, she'd give you the shirt off her back or a kidney if you really needed it, uh, she'd give you. Uh, but uh, she loves the Lord and she's been a blessing to me and I thank the Lord for her. And if you didn't already know this, she loves her dog Harley. Uh, she loves him, him too. But, and I thank the Lord for my kids. My kids have been a blessing and a, uh, a wild roller coaster ride sometimes. I have... Three children, Matt, Melissa, and Melody, and two grandchildren. 
uh, Nathan and Jackson, and I thank the Lord for them. When I went to Mississippi, um, Big Tommy Suddeth, which is uh, Debbie Nichols' father-in-law, I mean father, nicknamed, he hadn't known our kids two days or a week or two, he gave all kids nicknames, and he nicknamed my kids, named Matt Easy Money, when he was right on, he nicknamed Melissa Angel, and we won't even go there, and then he nicknamed uh, the youngest uh, Melody Crybaby, and boy, it was right on. So, uh, so our kids have been a blessing to me, and I, I'm going to share in a couple of weeks, my kids have promised they would all be here for my birthday. December the 4th, that Sunday. It's not my birthday, but it's around my birthday. And they're going to be here. And I'm going to share my, my testimony and my story. I want them to hear it again. And I hope you'll be here to hear that. I'm thankful for my children and, and what they mean to me and what a blessing they are to my life, the joy they've brought to my life. I'm thankful to live in the United States of America. Aren't you? Aren't you thankful to live in the greatest nation in the world where we can hear the gospel preached, the Bible read, own a Bible without fear that someone would come and throw us in jail for for owning a, a, a Bible? I'm so thankful that we live in the greatest nation in the world, the, the land of the free and the home of the brave, uh, and that God has given us uh, the United States of America. I'm thankful for churches. Most of my adult life, from the time I was 18, I've been employed and worked at a church. From the time I was 18 years old when I got married, I went and worked part-time at, at Kofor's Chapel. I'm thankful for my home church, Kofor's Chapel, and, and the opportunity I had as a teenager when I was saved as a teenager and what God has done in my life and the blessing Kofor's was and had the chance to work there with Brother Gene Waddell, one of my heroes and one of my mentors. And I'm, I'm thankful for other churches that I've pastored. I'm thankful for the Dixon Church and for the Tupelo Church and the blessing that they were to me. And I'm thankful that God sent me almost eight years ago here to this church. Thankful for, for deacons and church members and, and friends from churches that have been an encouragement to me. I mean, that have been there through thick and thin to, to put your arms around you and to hold your hand and to pray with you and love you through thick and thin there's nothing like church family. And I don't know what people do. They don't have a church family. I don't know how they handle some of the things they go through in life. And I'm so thankful for my salvation. As I said, I was saved in December the 14th, 1974. This December, that'll be 37 years. And uh, yeah, I was just a baby when that happened. But, you know, when the Lord saved me, I'm so thankful uh, for that and the, the change in my life and what God has done for me. And we could go on and on. But I want to get to the message. You say, well, preacher, what is? You said, you're going to tell us today what you are most thankful for. What I am most thankful for. And I'm going to get to it at the end of the message. <laughs> I want you to stay alert, stay with me, listen. And as Paul Harvey used to say, then you will hear the rest of the story. So you will get this at the end of the message. Again, Mark 15, 15 says, And Pilate delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. I read this week a sermon by Dr. Alexander McLaren, Great preacher, great old preacher of, uh, and he had a sermon entitled Christ and Pilate, the King 
and his counterfeit. And he gives this quote near the end of the message. If we think of who he was and who bore all this and why he bore it, we may well not bow the knee, but the heart in endless love and true thankfulness to him. McLaren said this, listen again. If we think of who he was, who bore all this, and why he bore it, we may well not bow just the knee, but our hearts in endless love and true thanksgiving to him. Charles Wesley, great songwriter, brother of the great Methodist preacher and circuit rider, Charles Wesley put it this way in 1738 in a song. The song title is And Can It Be, but the, this is what the chorus says. Charles Wesley said it. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Amazing love. Yes, amazing love. Today, I, this is, I know, a different type of Thanksgiving message, but one I believe we need to be reminded of and we need to hear. First thing I want you to notice was the charges against Jesus. You see, Jesus was going to go before literally two courts. Did you know that? Two courts. He was going to go before a religious court and a, a public court or the Roman court. And each court had really three different stages to it. Um, but this religious court he would go before, these, these charges were the people that were the most upset at him. They were the ones that were the most vicious against Jesus. They're the ones that would call repeatedly for his death. And first Jesus goes before Annas, then Cathas, and eventually the whole Sanhedrin uh, he would stand before. If you look back in Mark chapter 14, verse 60 and 61, you get a little feeling of what was taking place with Jesus. Turn back one chapter in verse 60 of chapter 14. And the high priest stood in the midst, asked Jesus, Jesus before the Sanhedrin, Jesus before these bunch of religious hypocrites. He's standing before the high priest and Jesus saying, and they asked Jesus saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is this, these witnesses against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. And again, the high priest answered him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? The question these religious people of that day wanted to know was this. They wanted to know, Are you God? Are you the Messiah? Are you the Son of God? And they pressed Him. And they pressed Him and asked Him, Are you God? See, they were looking. They didn't believe it, but they were wanting to hear it from Him. Are you God? And then eventually, Jesus wouldn't say anything. Eventually, He said this. I am. And they were shocked. Same words that, that when Moses wanted to ask God, who, who am I going to say sent me? Who am I going to tell Pharaoh and the Jews that, that sent me to deliver them? 
And God said, I am that I am sent you. I am sent you. And Jesus responds to those simple words, and they were aghast. They broke their own rules, and he rent his clothes when Jesus responded and said, I am. Look at verse 62. And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Jesus affirms, yes, I am God. He used a a, a being verb. He is always being. He always has been. He was, in the past, he was I am. In the present, he is I am. In the future, he is I am. He is God. And I believe he answered specifically because they needed to hear it. They needed to deal with it. See, they rejected Jesus as the Messiah. They rejected Jesus as God. And so he answered the way that he answered to confront them. So they had to deal face to face with God, with Jesus, God in the flesh. Look at verse 63. Then the high priest rent his clothes and said, What need we have of any further witnesses? (laughs) He had already made up his mind. Jesus was guilty. They were going to execute him. You know, and let me say this. If Jesus was not God, he deserved to be executed. You say, but the truth is he was God. He answered every question. He did what no man could do. He was God in the flesh for us. He was God, Emmanuel, God come to us. But you see these charges against him, and eventually he goes before, before Pilate. And he goes through all this rigmarole war with Pilate. You know, the Jews did not have power to put him to death. All they could do was recommend to Pilate, ask Pilate to have him put to death. The Roman government was the only one that had the right and the power to execute. So they brought him to this second court, to Pilate. And if you remember, and I won't take the time, he went before Pilate, he went before Herod. He could have gone before the final uh, phase, which is Caesar and the Roman court. Didn't need to. But he went before these. And, and Pilate, look at, at verse 1 and 2 of chapter 15. Straightway in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and the scribes of the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away, delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Art thou king of the Jews? And he answered and said, Thou sayest. It's interesting to me that the Jews wanted to know, Are you God? Pilate wants to know, Are you king? Are are you the king? Even king of the Jews. It was almost, almost sarcastic. You know, Pilate saw this little mob of Jews. Are you king? And he asked in a couple of different ways. Are you the king? You know, where, where are your followers? Where are your men? Where are your soldiers? Are you king? Jesus said, what you've said. You've said it. Go ahead. And, and, and Pilate examining Jesus, dealing with... Look at verse 4 and 5. This says it better than I could ever sum it up. Pilate asked him again, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witnessed against thee. But Jesus answered yet nothing, so Pilate marveled. Here's what was going on. Pilate examines Jesus. 
sees there's no problem with him, realizes there ain't nothing wrong with this man. And so Pilate decides there needs to be a choice. We see the charges, next you see the choice. You know, he, Pilate's kind of a, a major politician. He's looking for a way out of this. I don't know how many times, I believe at least five times in the gospel, Pilate says, I find no fault with this man. Look at verse 6. Now at the feast, he released unto them a prisoner, one prisoner, whomever they desired. Pilate's looking for a way out of this. They bring this man to him. They want him crucified. They want him executed. He can't find anything wrong with him. He can't find anything he's ever done wrong. And Pilate is trying to satisfy the Jews, trying to satisfy himself. If you remember, even his wife in the Gospel of Matthew sent words saying, I've had a dream about this man. Don't have anything to do with this man. He's trying to deal with his wife, himself, the Jews, his own political position. And he says, I know, we always have the custom. We release one person to them, one prisoner and you know what he thought about? He thought about a man named Barabbas. He was an insurrectionist. He was a murderer. He was a criminal. He was the low life, the worst of the worst, the bottom of the barrel. He said, oh, this, this is the way I get out of this. I'm, I'm going to give him a chance. Give him a choice. You can either have Barabbas or you'll have Jesus. And I'm off the hook. I don't have to do anything. Surely no one would choose Barabbas. A murderer, the worst of the worst, at the bottom, the, you can't think of anybody worse than Barabbas or Jesus, whom I find no fault in. So that's why he's going to get out of this. He's going to give them a choice, Jesus or Barabbas. The problem is, look at verse 15 again. So Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus to be crucified. The problem was this. When he gave them the choice of who they would choose, you know who they chose? Barabbas. Barabbas. They said Barabbas. Release Barabbas. And I think he was shocked. He was shocked. Barabbas, Barabbas. And matter of fact, I think he's still trying to get some time here. Because what he does, he sends Jesus to be scourged. Buying him some more time. Hoping that that would be enough. That they, they would see him getting beaten. And that would be enough to satisfy them. You know, you know what? Have you ever known anybody to be named Pilate? I, I don't know anybody who even names their dogs Pilate. You'd have to hate the dog to name him that. You know, because of their choices... Because of, of they, they live on in infamy. I don't know anybody named Judas Iscariot. Do you? Because of the, the choices they made. And the truth is the choice is still the same today. You can choose Jesus or you choose another. What will it be to you today? Do you choose Jesus in your life or do you choose something else as your Lord? What's it going to be? The truth is... I don't have time today, but if you go, the Jews, when they started crying out for Jesus to be crucified, you know what I think about when I think about, uh, about Pilate, and, I, and I'm going to draw this up. You know what I think about when somebody mentions Pilate? This is what I think about. I think of Pilate washing his hands. Remember that part of the story? When they cried out for Barabbas, wanted Jesus crucified, remember, he went in front of them, washed his hands. You know, and I'm going to tell you, washing your hands or saying, I don't have any responsibility, 
doesn't change it. You know, he's still responsible. He washed his hands and he said, it be on you and on your family. His blood is on you. And they said, let it be on us and our children. Remember that? And I, This is another message, but I'm going to tell you something. Since that time, the Jews have been the most hated, the most reviled, the most persecuted people and group of people in the world. Be careful what you ask for. You know, his blood be on us. Matter of fact, I went last spring to Israel, spent time in the Holocaust Museum. Blow you six million Jews executed. They said, let it be on us. Let it all happen to us. So here, here's the choice. Charges all trumped up. The choice, Jesus or Barabbas, Jesus or another. What will you choose today? People had to choose what it was going to be. And then the final thing you see is the condemnation of Jesus. He says, after he was scourged, beaten with that cat of nine tails, beaten uh, beyond measure, taking your stripes and my stripes and your pain and my pain, then they crucified him. The condemnation. Look at verse 11. But the chief priests moved the people that they would rather release Barabbas. You know what the people did? They went around telling them, hey, get Barabbas, get Barabbas. And the people cried out for Barabbas instead of Jesus. So Jesus is to be condemned, to be crucified. And I can't go through all the cruelties. I won't take the time. The Bible tells us he was sped upon. He was slapped. He was mocked. Uh, he had a crown of thorns, which is those Palestine thorns, mashed upon his head, perforated his brow. If you've ever nicked your head in any way, you can imagine the pain and the blood. Had his own disciples deny him and run off, forsake him, scourged, 39 stripes. And many men died from scourging, but not Jesus. Then he went to the cross. There nailed to a cruel, rugged Roman cross. Romans 6.23 says this, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 6.23, that's 3.23. 6.23 reminds us, that salvation is the gift of God. Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, when you think of all that he went through, the scourging, the beating, the pain, on the cross, Romans 5, 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, and this, this ought to move us it ought to alarm us as we think about what this means. Sometimes I think we read it with never really thinking about what it means. But 2 Corinthians, if you don't have this marked in your Bible, you might want to mark it. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. He who knew no sin. Look at verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us. That's God. Made Jesus to be sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. One more verse, 1 Peter 3, 18. 
For Christ also hath once suffered for sin. Yours and mine. For Listen to this. Please listen to this. The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. Did you hear that? The just for the unjust. That's Jesus for us. That he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh. But quickened by the Spirit. What am I most thankful for this Thanksgiving? All year, forever. Here it is. What am I most thankful for? He, Jesus, took my place. When I, when I think of what He did, see, I can't think of it any other way. He died for me. He took my hell, my pain, my punishment, It was for me and for you that he died. Why can I stand up here? Why, how can I live? Because he died for me. He took my place. Think about it. Imagine with me just for a moment. Barabbas is on death row. Barabbas is there overnight. He can hear the hammers nailing, getting the crosses ready that will line the hillside there of Golgotha. He knows his time is short. He doesn't sleep. He knows he deserves it. He's a murderer, an insurrection, the bottom of the barrel, a criminal, a lifetime criminal. He's waiting listening. He waits to hear someone come down the hall, down to his cell, to get him, to take him, to be crucified. He's in agony. He is suffering pain as he just thinks about it over and over. It's going to happen any time. And then all of a sudden, he hears the jailer come. He knows it's his time. The jailer comes. He hears the keys. He opens the cell door. And the jailer says to him, Barabbas, You can go free. Barabbas says, don't joke with me, man. What kind of cruel, sick joke is this? He said, it's no joke. You can go free. There's one that's going to die in your place. Jesus is going to die for you. Barabbas shakes his head and then runs out to freedom, to safety. Never, we never hear from him again. But he knew on that cross, his cross, Jesus was dying for him. And he died in your place and in my place. What will it be? Christ or another? What's your choice today? Receive him or reject him? Believe in him or not believe? Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for. We are so blessed. But the greatest thing, what I am most thankful for, and I will never forget, and I'll thank Him every day of my life, He took my place. Do you know Him? Have you trusted Him as your Savior? See, He took your place. See, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and for me. With this, I'll be through. One of the great all-time songwriters, 
wrote this song, Gordon Jensen. The song says this. I was guilty with nothing to say. And they were coming to take me away. But then a voice from heaven was heard that said, Let him go, take me instead. And I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's Son, yes, Jesus, God's Son, took my place. He'll take your place too. Have you ever trusted Jesus as your Savior? Are you thankful that above all else, He died for you? Let's stand for prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Doug to pray, play and, and sing an invitation song here in just a moment. It might be today that you need to come forward and receive Christ. Might be that today that you need to come rededicate your life or lay a burden at this altar. Whatever God's speaking to you about, if you need to come, you come forward. You do what God wants you to do. Father, this is your invitation. Draw men and women. May this be something that honors you, that we'll do what we need to do. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 489. You come. If God has spoken to you, you respond as we sing. Can I pray with you today? for Tim who's come today and asked Jesus to come into his heart 
and ask the Lord to help him and to be with his family. And, and you rejoice in Tim's decision, say amen. amen. And I want you to tell him we're praying for him and we're going to encourage him. We're going to do all we can to help him. And we've got some literature we're going to give him and we want to be a blessing to him and him to us. So we thank the Lord for, for Tim being here today. And as we're eating and as we're taking time after the service, hope you'll encourage him. Let him know we're thankful for him and his presence here today and the decision that he's made. Okay, you rejoice, say amen. 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 God bless you, Tim. Okay, thank you. Thank you.